Hello, I'm on Podbean. Enrico motherfucking rocks this bitch. Coach, ain't nigga. Coach, ain't you there? I've been sitting here fucking tripping, bro. I forgot that I was on Podbean for a second. I was throwing out the trash and I was explaining to my nephew how I don't go to the dumpster that's resignated as ours or designated as the ones for our apartments. I go to the one that is designated for the apartments that are next to ours because the dumpster is closer. And I told him that. <laughs> I told him to give a foot, me. I told him that I want to take it to the... See, I told him that I don't understand property as far as... I do understand property, but I'm also a street kid. And that gives me that understanding of... I could A, I couldn't follow this invisible line of etiquette that is take it to the one designated as yours. But I say the one that's closer, honestly, that is the more desirable one. So ever since I moved here with my nephew and sister, I've been I've always taken it to this one that's closer, but it's technically not ours. But there's a dumpster, a perfectly good dumpster right there. And it's on the way to the store, so anytime I it's just is way more convenient. Yes, I designate it, Coltrane. I designate the word of the day is designation, baby. So I'm just putting my nephew up on game because my nephew, he walks it all the way to the one that he's supposed to every time. I'm sure, because the way he's acting, he's like, you go that way? You throw it over there? He never even seen it, apparently. My nephew is not aware of his friends. Because I just, as soon as I moved here, I was like, that's that's got to happen. It's way more convenient. Coltrane, trust me, you got to believe me. Well, anyways, Coltrane is number one, baby. Coltrane. 10, 9, 8, 7. Six, I don't want to see five, stalker. four, three, two, one. I've already guessed. I've already guessed where Coltrane's from. Hold on, let me, I'm going to, I haven't thought about this. This is like, I feel like I'm on Jeopardy here. It's just like, you have to know so many things. Let's see if I can dig in my brain. Did Coltrane ever talk about me where he's from? Let me think, let me think. Mm. Is it, I, I'm going to take a crack at it and say, Florida? Coltrane, is it Florida? Alabama. He's from Alabama. I was thinking Alabama. Alabama. Alabama, baby. Coltrane's American? Yes, Coltrane is number one. Hey, Coltrane's a, free, a rapper as well. He actually has fucking, he, he's fucking good as fuck. Does he actually rap? Like, stuff I like? I don't know if it's stuff you necessarily like. I, my nephew is a cr- critic, but he's a, he's my 15-year-old nephew, and his taste in music is a little, it's, it's decent, but I'm trying to put him up on game, Coltrane. I wish I had a Coltrane song. On my damn list, I'm fucking up. Yeah, you are. Let me grab one. I'm grab one, Coltrane. Grab one. Off of YouTube. Huh? Hold on, Coltrane. We're going to grab one. I have the MP3 downloaded here. Hopefully, I have enough space for a damn song. I'm going to have to delete one of these pornos quick. I should just do that. Let me just do that. That's all right, kids. Happy 221, by the way. That is my sacred number, 221. One of my sacred. So, this is a very special Rico Rocks 221. February 21 special we got going on here. Coochie. I'm just down, deleting a porno quick so I could download a beautiful song by our number, Podbean's number one Coltrane, baby. Podbean's greatest rapper, Coltrane. C-O-L-T-R-A-I-N, Coltrane. 
So ladies and gentlemen, hold on. I have to decide which porn I'm going to delete. I'm going to delete this one here. Just this one right here. It's a 20-minute long video, and it never even did nothing for me. So that is a waste of space, folks. Boom. You downloaded a 20-fucking-minute porn? Oh, yes. Nephew, you have to remember, I was where I was at. I didn't have TV or nothing more in LA. I fucking... And just in case I had, I was like, you got to keep them. Just in case you put your point airplane mode, you got some porno on the phone itself, folks. That is a Rico Rock social suicide tip. Just don't rely on the web. Get your shit hard copies, folks. I even have porno DVDs. I know this is a... Yeah, he has DVDs in right now. And I'm not saying, I'm a bit, that's just me personally. If you guys don't like pornos, you guys like puppy videos or train videos, train records, songs, for example. Then that as well. I was just giving one example with the pornos example, but it's definitely one of the things that you definitely don't want to lose access to if that easily if you were into that kind of thing, as it were. So thank you for listening. This is your man, Rico Rocks here. I'm actually getting very close here to downloading a Coltrane song. Coltrane is a rival of mine in the rap game. He's also a broadcaster here at podbean.com. For anyone who doesn't know who I am, Rico Rocks is Rico R-O-X-X. And I am searching up Coltrane song because my nephew here is sitting in the background. I started up this episode, and it's 221, bitch. So Coltrane. I'm going to just pick a random song, and let's see what happens. Coltrane, you're not at the top of the results, though. Damn. That's fucked up. Coltrane, how come your shit ain't popping up here? What specifically is your account? Because I can't find you under just Coltrane, apparently. But I'm a humble train. Coltrane says, "Um, he says, took off, took off some of you off of YouTube. Wanted time to fine tune them. I can always email you a few." All right, folks, we're going to play a special song. We do have permission from the artist, Coltrane, Rosie's song. Look up Rosie's song, Coltrane. I'm going to look it up here. Coltrane, you want to hop up on and say hi to everybody while I download this? Give them 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right, folks, this is your man, man, Rico Rocks. It looks like Coltrane's getting Kofi, but we're still going to look up his song. The next person we have on is number one and is a, like I was mentioning, a very special person in the rap game here on Podme Community. One of the best flowers there was. Welcome, Coltrane. Thanks for having me, Rico. How are you doing? It's actually a special day, 221. I know you probably don't know much exactly what that means, but I'm a guy who likes numerology and symbolism, and 221 is a number, is one of my secret numbers. So it's 221 today. So it's perfect to have you in. And I'm going to, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Coltrane, real quick. If you don't mind. Um, <clears throat> yeah, sure. I'm from Alabama, 31. I'm a veteran. Got into music after my dad died. 
Um, recently sober, too. Um, I'm just here for the ride. How's that going? It's going pretty good. I can't really complain. Things are really picking up. Been killing it at work lately. Um, I haven't had as much time for music. Rosie song culture. Yeah, how much time? Yeah, that's how it goes, highs and lows, brother. I'll tell you this much, man. I got a job interview, man. Not to just take it away from you, real quick. But I have a. I haven't had a job in this job in two years, man. I know I probably seem like a fucking piece of shit for that, but be it as it may, I have a job interview at a landscaping company, man. Uh, yeah, hi. I hope that interview goes well. Man, you I'm fucking. I'm excited, man. I'm ready to get it in, baby. So that would be a step in the right direction as far as that goes as well. That'll help. That'll probably help my sobriety. So I, if I have a job, I probably don't have time to sit there just drinking all day. Do you work as a way to That's keep true. you motivated? Yeah, I do. You know, there's a old quote: "The devil's work is done by idle hands." Ah, yes, that's a good one. So. I like that one. I like that one. I'm trying to think of one that's similar to that. So. Yes, yes, I like that one. The idle hands, baby. Where'd you learn that one? At? Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. Fascinating. Well, shit, yeah. But that's why I'm still looking up your song, man. I'm fucking. Yeah. I'm just sitting here trying to. I'm because I'm looking to bless these people with your song, man. We thank you for even. I don't know what's up with you two. Is it featuring Lyrical AJ? Oh, yeah, this one here. It, it is, yeah. This one here, AJ did a rap verse. I did the hook. It's just a little song I put together for my little girl. Ah, yes, yes. I've heard it for sure. Okay, now I found it. I, I finally found it, folks. So, yes, Coltrane, he is a newly sober pimp daddy. You you still you still balling, though, as far as your physical? You still have a level? Okay, let me ask you this. Have you, have you coped well to the destruction aspect of the shit you used to do, as in... Now that you've stopped something that was self de- self destructive, have you lost that desire to do such a thing? Yeah, because um, you know, bad decisions have bad outcomes. You know, so I mean, whereas it seemed like I was struggling mentally, or um, I was having a hard time with depression. Mm. As soon as I decided to take away a lot of those bad choices and put myself mm-hmm. in a more positive environment, well, then you have more positive outcomes. And, Isn't it crazy how that happens? You know, your your ex. Yeah, I mean, your external reflects your internal. It's really deep, man. You know what I mean? So. And and I'm a bit of a poet, so I can understand that this is a bit of the scumbag still clinging on to life inside of me saying this, but. I see both sides. I see the, the destructive side. I don't think it's a completely wasted emotion, but I think it's, it is simply that it is one of the many broad spectrum of emotions that we can aspire to attain through our perceptive paradigms. But I think that sometimes, especially with the destructive one, it seems like, oh, let's do that until we close that loop in our mind of destruction. Okay, we're moving towards it. Why not finish it? But at the same time, as I quit doing stuff recently as well, I'm not completely out of the woods yet. But even this much further out of the woods, I could see, I could see, it's just changing. I think I've always, I've discussed this. The way that I feel like the frame is, is to change, and to be willing to change, it is, is 
I tell you, it doesn't have to be miserable. Like some people think, oh, if you quit, it got to be the most miserable thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure, I'm sure you have some thoughts. Do you still, have you accepted it more of like a thing where you still, it's not that you don't like it. It's just you wanted to make better choices. Does it, that doesn't mean you had to demonize it. So, um, don't get me wrong. You know, it's not like I don't have days where I don't get like anxiety from it and I wouldn't want it. You know what I mean? It's probably going to be always, it's probably always going to be like a struggle that's there. Hmm. You know, I wonder. Life has a balance. That's the yin and yang. You know, you can't have good without bad. Yeah, I think that. If, then, you know, if there wouldn't be bad, if you didn't have any bad days, good days would just be normal. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's kind of like. With the destruction that it causes or the self-destructive behavior or the bad thing, it's not necessarily that you have to demonize it, but what it, it helps you become aware. you got to definitely acknowledge you what it is, though. Like you, what you Yeah, you acknowledge what it is. You're aware of what it can do. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, being aware of that. Yeah, I think I think to have the mind be inquisitive about the mysteriousness aspect of existence, that really... Because if you thought, oh, if you figured it all out and this is all that I got to see and this is all that I got to do and I've done it all, I could see, well, then why not self-destruct? Because, but if, if that, if you think, I think in myself, what I had to realize is if, oh, if I thought I've already seen it all, I'm fucking cutting myself way short as far as that goes. Sky's the limit. And just as if the first time I experienced snow when I was a child, and I was like, what the hell is happening? Why are my eyes seeing everything white? My mind didn't even conceptualize that. A snow blanket changes all things around it white. And when I first seen it at seven years old, I thought my eyes were broken. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with my eyes? And I was like, oh, the dog told me it's snow. And I was like, ah, this is snow in real life. That level of it hasn't been seen yet. So yet the mind has yet to perceive it. I think that really is the, a, a drug in itself that that understanding that knowing that there's so many perspectives you have yet to unlock. So why did you self-destruct before unlocking multiple perspectives, really, if that's your, if that's the bag of chips you're going for? Are you in it for If you can, um, if you can, because I see exactly what you're saying, you know what I mean, because it seemed like there's a, a lot of different ways you can look at things, especially in your nomadic episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the best songs I made was during that time. But then, you know, the thing my dad used to say is if you can't get something on your own, is it really yours? You know what I mean? Like, 100%. I've done it for a long time. You know, I think that's something to do. Would you say that's under the category of respect? That thing where it's like anybody could, you can't buy respect. How some people say you can't buy respect. It's something that money can't buy. You have to really live it and earn and be respectable. Just like, um, and it's just like you can't buy respect for yourself. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so the concept of respect. Whether it be self-respect or outside perspective, it's a, it's a, one of that concept of respect really is a mind-blowing concept to me because I'm a bit sociopathic as we all know, and to me it's it's not a I don't have a natural urge of respect. I have more of a inkling of just raw freedom, but that can be a bit disrespectful. So, but the concept of respect, whether it be outer or inner, is very very it's very noble. Well, sometimes it's not so much a sociopathic, because I used to think something about myself as far as lack of emotion, you know, but there's a thing called stoicism. Marcus the lack of imposition, of, because it, it's like, okay, we see it there. You can actually, some people feel so you compelled. Can separate your emotion. 
Some people. I'm sorry, I meant to cut you off. No, I mean I'm cutting you off too, but I'm really trying to. I, we're gonna. I want to really. I feel like you're the perfect guy to listen. But so what I'm thinking is, I feel like people feel guilty. Like since they're born here, they have to adhere to that. There's there's something in their mind where they. Where I was going with that, but. All right, fuck it. Give me a second. What was I talking about now? I'm sitting here. I was thinking of your pretty voice, Coach. No homo. Okay, yeah, okay. So the weight of it, maybe people feel guilty, I think. There's like a level of guilt there, like a limited thing people put on themselves. People probably, okay, like way to say that is people are too harsh on themselves about it. Absolutely. You know, at some point, you know, and I used to hear stuff like this, but at some point, you know, because you can get caught in that feeling of guilt, and it becomes like almost never in the side. You feel guilty about one thing, which leads to another thing. You feel guilty about, which leads to another thing. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to. Jordan Peterson talks about this. You mm-hmm. know, you, if you re, if someone really sits down and they close their eyes and they think about, they think about it. You know what you should be doing that you're not, and you know what you're doing that you should not be doing. Like you know, you know the answer is clear, but your mind is a way of overcomplicating things. That's a mind blowing. If you really think about it. You know, you really know, you close your eyes, you really know what you should and should not be doing. And it's just a matter of getting up, ending it, and doing it. You know, that's what I was saying. Stoicism is a, it's, it's a thing where you can separate your emotion from almost your logic. Not necessarily sociopathic, mm. you know what I mean, because emotions are there. But it's being able to separate and have control of your emotions. Because you know who doesn't, and that's children. You know, I so, like I said, Marcus Rosen, one of the greatest is wrong, put it in his memoirs to talk about this. You know, some decisions you have to make without, you know, um, the presence of emotion. Because say, I mean, say you're having a hard time with a girl and it's clouded by emotion, even though you know the logical choice is this. Based on the hyperbole aspect and based on physical human nature, yeah, you know, oh, if I don't overvalidate and I don't, seem needy, it would probably see it it make her run back to you, but most guys end up seeming needy and overbearing. Yeah, cause say like like the human mind, I like to look at it like a muscle, right? You know how when you lift weights, you kind of damage your muscles, and that's where they take the protein and they heal back a little bit more dense to compensate for that damage. The human mind, to me, is kind of the same way. When you've experienced like a trauma, your mind is reaching for anything, any reason that it can. To be able to compensate for the damage that was caused to wow. it from happening again. So say like you had a friendship or a relationship, and then after the fact, say there was betrayal, you have trust issues. Mm-hmm. What we know is trust issues was like your mind reaching out and saying, okay, this is it, to compensate for the damage it experienced. So like you mm-hmm. try not to experience that again. So now and as far as self-respect goes and that guilt... Where does that all tie in together? Because I think it does. Well, I think you have to go respect yourself before you can truly have respect for anyone else. Because it all starts. Because you got to think. You have to have like a sociopaths lack respect. To go from they, else. Respect's a tough one though, buddy. Because I love respect. I love it, but me putting myself in the jungle a little bit here and there, that true concept of respect, a man who, you don't have to be the biggest or the baddest, but there's an aspect where some people are so sny and sneaky and they have no respect no matter what, and then some people could feign respect, which I'm not saying is desirable or undesirable, but I, I definitely feel I like... A lot of uh, 
I think it's a beautiful thing. A lot of sociopathic, you know, a lot of sociopathic tendencies like narcissism kind of flirts with sociopathy a little bit because the whole thing about sociopathy is everything sort of revolves around oneself. You've been able to manipulate a situation or Machiavellianism, being able to manipulate the ones around them, you know, so it's not as much respect for anyone else, but sort of a a self-centeredness. So what's the narcissistic? Narcissistic is like um, like a complete self-centered personality. Like truly, that's why I don't feel narcissistic because I don't think I do play with flirt with ideas of chosen and this and this. But really, it's I don't I very I don't put myself I don't feel royal blooded I don't feel righteously above I feel like a peasant so I don't think I'm narcissistic because I don't I don't I don't uh, I don't think you're narcissistic at all. But so that's why I because I think it's just everybody wants to be sociopathic but there's more narcissists than sociopaths because to be sociopath is almost a bit of a compliment to me, a guy like me because to me what because if you think of the term sociology. Let me. I'm gonna run off on this way for a second, if you don't mind. But the term sociology, I because I was looking up all the psychology, all these terms when I was studying the mind, and the word sociology is the study of human behavior and patterns and habits. So human habits and behavior is sociology. So if you think of a sociopath, it's just a person who is over abundantly enthralled by the study of human behavior and habit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why I don't mind the term sociopath. You know, absolutely. Like, I think you're more analytical than anything and, like, really observant. Uh, because sociopathy isn't necessarily a positive thing. Well, any I label is probably not positive if you think about it, but I play with them. Yeah. Especially people like us, you know, that end up studying a lot of the human mind. You know, psychology, sociology. Oh, yeah, psychology, sociology, all that. Neurology, biology. Yeah, because you're trying to get like an understanding of not just of everyone else around you, but also yourself. So, therefore, we need some communication. We know about a raindrop. Hmm. We know about like a raindrop compared to an ocean of what we know about. I know. I love that term you used, ocean. I think I love that you used that, Coltrane. I th- I love that metaphor of existence being an ocean. I fuck with that heavy and me being afloat in the ocean. Now I could be on a little peg of wood, a little plank, like oh no, but still alive and just barely just okay. I love that metaphor definitely. The ocean is a beautiful metaphor for life. There's so much you could play with with that metaphor because the ocean is unpredictable. A lot of times. It comes down to we're wanting to understand and not just everything else, but just of ourselves, too. Because, you know, we're at a point where we're having a hard time figuring out who it is we are. You know, um, and that, you know, because that, that's what that comes from. A lot of people that seek to study psychology, sociology, and a lot of that, they're trying to find answers about themselves as well. Absolutely, because I think if anyone who starts going down that path of, let's say you're a human and you all of a sudden stumble, let's say, at 20 years old on the concept of sociology and philosophy. And then you start realizing things as cover-ups and government conspiracies, and you add that into philosophy and contemporary mindsets. There, Of course, the question comes up is, how, when did I get indoctrinated? The person, Anybody who opens their eyes eventually says, well, when did my eyes close? 
And so they start trying to follow their own trail. So there's that level of it, if your self research, but life's a trip. Now I'm going to ask you this. When did you realize this world is not, I'm, you really opened your eyes to, to, to rituals and public symbolism rituals and the masses being brainwashed. Did, when, were you a little tiny kid when you realized it or? I'd say uh, I realized it probably more than anything the past uh, the past couple years. And I feel really I, I feel I feel, I feel like an, I'm gonna be blamed. I feel like an asshole for even assuming. I didn't even ask you if you believe in that. I'm just like, when did you? But go ahead. Yeah, I feel like really the past couple of years I probably like I was opened up to it. You know, a lot when I, I really got into psychology heavy. You know, because it's really everywhere and there's terms for it. You know what I mean? Like. Person really doesn't know how many thoughts that they uh, that they have are actually original thoughts, you know, of theirs, or thoughts that were sort of, you know, implanted to them in a way. I mean, everywhere you look, say mm. yes, I, that concept so, is trippy. Of, things, uh, so, like instead of us having thoughts, thoughts having us. Oh, that's a trip. Yeah, it's mass, it's mass media manipulation, but not even other than that. Like, you know, it's been happening, I'd say, for, I mean, a, a long time, almost as, since there's been a government, I, I assume it's been happening in one way or another way. Um, you know, you gotta think government's a, government's a concept that dates back almost to the dawn of humanity. You know, and it's been perfected to trial and error, fine-tuned all the way now to which to like a culmination. You know, there's really no deep, you know, telling how far and how deep the rabbit hole goes. Or it's it, it, you know, like all a person really can do when they start realizing it is, you know, not to try to control anything outside of their sphere of influence. I think that's a powerful thing. Sphere. That sphere, that concept of your sphere, to become a to become a master of your sphere. I like that. But on another side, not have you ever thought of to yourself instead of going down the rabbit hole, you're going up the rabbit hole. Ask uh, what? What would you say? Because the ref, the term going down the rabbit hole makes sense. But have, I'm questioning. My question to you is, is: Have you ever replaced the word "down" with "up" in your mind? And when you said, "Ah, oh, how you don't know how far up the rabbit hole goes." Absolutely, I've used it in a way where it was like. Especially when I was battling with depression, where if I had a negative thought, I would immediately, even if it meant saying it out loud, I would replace it with a positive. Mind control, power control, that's a good way. Because, you know, if you can't control your own thoughts, you can't control your own thoughts. That's a good place to start. If you don't know if you are being brainwashed, for you start by controlling every thought and you can see which thoughts outside try to interject. I agree with that. Mind control is a thing. I think that's a beautiful terminology for when I asked you, oh, when did you open, wake up? That is a good way to reference it is the concept of just taking control of your mind is waking up. If someone asks, well, what does waking up mean? What is, well, it means to take control of your mind, which is a beautiful, which to, so, to, to society is a death sentence in, to, in some cases. Would you not say? I think so. I'm, I'm curious to say like you took a person away from everything now, how society is, let's put them say, in the forest. I think you would say their way of thinking change. You would say how they sort of decondition. My goodness, Coltrane. You um, You're a great listener, sir. 
Let's take a break. We've been talking for about half hour. We're going to go ahead and take a break on this episode here between me and Cochan, one of the deepest on the 2 to one day. We're going to play a rosy song by Cochan. So thank you for listening, folks. Hey, baby girl. Look, daddy wants you to with him every day. And I know this is like the same. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry you have to wonder why I'm not around. Or if I want you, daddy loves you so much. And that's never going to change. You'll always be my baby girl. If they ever told you that I didn't know. Front trying to tell me to stop When it comes to you baby you got my heart on lock I know I don't see you enough But believe me I'm trying to get it working Undoubtedly trust me baby I'm trying This type of pain can be drowned by a bottle of wine This type of love can be faced getting lost in the time So trust me if I could be there with you I will And I know this ain't your daddy's voice But your dad told me to put a verse So I took his emotions, read his mind and all his feelings Then I started to disclose them on a paper in the form of rap So basically your daddy's the one talking I know that's a fact Feeling so bad, feeling so bad Rocks, that was just crazy. That's some flow for sure. Some vibes, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Rico, thanks for having me on, buddy. I'm gonna fist and have to run, but I'll pop back in if I see you on. Absolutely, I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be on for a little bit here, but thank you for coming in, baby. 221, baby. Coaching is number one. Thank you for popping in, brother, and thank you for that for letting me play your beautiful song here on Rico Rock's Social Suicide. It was an honor having you, and it's <clears> positive, <throat> and I love you. Absolutely. Hey, it's the Rico Rock Show, baby. Woo! Coach, cool ladies and gentlemen. 
my lady, my lady has entered the studio. So this is your main man, Rico Rocks. I just want to mention how special 221 is. The symbolism behind 221, I developed that by applying some of my favorite numbers together. My favorite number ever is number one. I would say my second favorite number ever is number 22. But I like the number three a lot as well. So one day I was sitting there in our in an Airbnb about a couple of years ago. I'd say about two years exactly. Not exactly to the date, but about two years ago, I was sitting there just in an Airbnb, minding my own business. And I was like, well, I like the number one a lot. I like the number 22 a lot. Number three is one of my favorite numbers. So I was playing with them. How can I create my own divine number and my own symbolism? And I came up with 221 because it has the number 22 as number one. And it's three. It's three. It's to the third. It's to the hundreds of the decimal. Now, you could also say, well, why not in that case, if one is your favorite number and 22 is your favorite number, just do one, two, two instead of two, two, one. But I chose two, two, one. But one, two, two is also very sacred. But two, two, one is more sacred in my opinion. So this is your main man, Rico Rocks. Thank you, Coltrane, for joining me on Rico Rocks Social Suicide. I was going to tell a story, but. I'm super stoned and don't remember at this exact second, and I hate dead air. So thank you for listening. Free your mind. Free your mind. Free your mind. Bye-bye. Free your mind.